When you look around your community, around your country, or at current events around the world, which issues stand out to you? As the world begins to reopen and begins to move out of the current pandemic, isn't it important that we seize the opportunity to start fresh and to rebuild a world that is better and more sustainable for all? These are the questions that our youth are asking and even giving answers and solutions to. Especially since the future belongs to today's youth, shouldn't they also be given the platforms to communicate and initiate positive change? Welcome everyone, come on in, have a seat, and let's get started. It's the month of April 2022, and we are coming to you from the currently buzzing Philippines as it is in just a few days that the national elections will be held in the country. The theme of electing good leaders and good governance will be the thread that runs through today's episode. For the final, yes, final episode of this season of A Seat at the Table, we are honored to have five amazing young changemakers and citizens of the world. Let's go around the table and introduce each person for this episode's table roll call. Hi everyone, my name is Jen Jen. I'm 18 years old and I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast. Welcome, Jen Jen. Uh, so hello, uh, my name is Lucas. I am currently 15 years old, turning 16 this year. Right now, I'm pretty happy to be here, but I'm also pretty tired as well. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, hopefully we're, we're giving you energy, Lucas. Um, and we'll, we'll, that energy will carry you through. So next is? I guess it's my turn. Hello, my name is... Angeline, I am also 15 years old, and I am very much grateful that you, that <laughs> I am very much grateful to be here. Good day to all. My name is Bea, currently 14 years old, and I am very excited to be here today and to hear everyone's insights in regards to different social issues. Thank you, Bea. Yeah, let's go. Hello, everybody. My name is Jan Koichi B. Fukushima. People call me Koichi. I am currently 19 years old. Shout out to my family. Shout out to my friends. I love them with all my heart. And shout out to Future B. Don't worry, I got you. Hello, Koichi. Awesome. And uh, that brings it back around the table to me. And my name is Elon Enverga, an educator and global goals advocate, and this podcast's moderator. So, again, welcome to. Our episode today, and welcome to the table, Bea, Jenjen, Lucas, Koichi, and Angeline. Every single young person in the world has some sort of personal interest or advocacy or social issue that they are um, strongly passionate about. And that's what we want to explore at the start of this podcast. We would like to go around the table and hear from our young change makers, both active and aspiring change makers. We would love to hear what what are the social issues, social problems, or advocacies that you care the most about. And we'll ask you something in in a bit related to that thread that we mentioned earlier. Uh, so let's start off our conversation uh, with anyone, anyone who wants to get us started. Um, I think I'll be the first one to talk about this. Um, some advocacies or an advocacy I am really passionate about is about climate change 
specifically saying the banning or phasing out of single-use plastics. Um, actually, ever since I was a kid, I have thought of why is something that's harmful for the environment and yet you'll only be able to use it for merely more or less than a minute. So why not use something that's reusable? And in connection to good governance, I think we relatively need qualified leaders to create a better solution on how long we can have other alternatives that can be more eco-friendly. Thanks, Bea. Um, and you've you you know you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, we would also love to hear how uh, these sort of personal advocacies or uh, passions that each of you has how 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 you feel good governance plays a role. So same as Bea, if there is a social issue that I am most interested in, that would be climate change and also um, specifically the role of plastics in climate change. And um, the government has a connection in this specific problem that contributes to the climate change. The government has a big role in reducing um, the harm we bring to the environment by implementing policies that are actually effective and also creating environmental programs to address this issue. For example, in um, the Philippines, we need proper waste management. And as a developing country, fighting um, the threat of climate change is a bit challenging for us because we lack the resources to do so. Um, with that, the government really needs to use our resources in the right way. Thanks, Jenjen. And as we all know, um, especially since we're all uh, in the Philippines. The Philippines is the one country in the world that so happens to be the most affected um, by natural disasters, uh, and uh, which are exacerbated or uh, made worse by climate change. So really, uh, we are the biggest victims of uh, climate change in the world. Yet, uh, as Bea and Jen Jen said, there is a need for much stronger um, change in, in the systems in the country. I most definitely agree with Jenjen and Bea. I mean, it's hard to disagree when the problem is right in front of you. I mean, what's there to be said that hasn't been already said? Climate change is the result of neglect. It is the result of different environmental issues being stacked on top of one another. And as Bea and Jenjen brought up, single-use plastics. Uh, change is only possible when people decide to, to work toward it. We are way past the point of trying to convince everyone. I mean, we've been doing that since the 80s. And I, I agree, it is the time for action. Um, I'd like to add in, but not necessarily about what Koichi said, but I want to add my own personal bit to this. Um, the one social issue that really gets me interested is the Dirtus War on Drugs that started apparently ever since 2016, so almost more than four years by now. Um, I think it's one of the worst things that ever, ever happened to the Philippines in recent memory that I can recall. Because it was the one issue that made me really interested in happenings in the Philippines. Because not not a lot of things were able to get me interested into the country's affairs or something like that. Um, I also have a story for the, about the war on drugs. Because apparently, according to... Uh, Maybe my was from my aunts or uncles, somewhere in somewhere down the family. Um, a far off member of our family was killed during a by bus operation gone wrong. Since 
they were found out to be selling drugs to to their neighbors or to their to individuals. Um, I remember I I don't really recall the details as much as I do now, but the point was they they are were either arrested or were killed during the during when they were attempted to be arrested. Um, the point is it's not because they were selling drugs. It's because they were forced into this into forced into selling drugs because they were backed into a corner and couldn't support themselves financially. I personally think the war on drugs is a war on poverty and basically oppression for the sake of oppression or for the sake of keeping power. Before before I speak about my own insights, I just want to apologize in advance since I'm not too interested in politics, but I do like to inform myself about the important events happening around, especially in my country. For Lucas, it really saddens me that most people who are in poverty force themselves to do, uh, are pushed to do illegal activities in order to support themselves financially and also their family. Which is why it is important that the government supports them and gives them access to uh, quality facilities. This is where the complexities of the subject start kicking in. And numero uno, Lucas, I'm sorry to hear that, man. My, my heart goes out to you. Uh, in war, we have to ask ourselves, what separates us from them? Now, a vigilante's goal is to uh, undertake law enforcement outside the boundaries of law. And though one can argue that vigilantes are necessary, oftentimes their methods are affected by their own personal beliefs. After all, what's stopping them? When an officer of the law decides to act based on his or her beliefs as opposed to following proper procedure, and gives the criminal a punishment which they thought to be fitting, what separates them from the vigilantes? This is not just a question of methods. Rather, it is a question of how far the people are willing to take it. Uh, One of the reasons why the war on drugs is so heavily criticized is because in the war of drugs, you have to cross lines. Unfortunately, there are lines which we can cross but never come back from. It's complicated. Words fall short when describing it, nor would there ever be enough runtime to go through all the intricate details involved when discussing the Philippine drug war. There will always be things going on behind the scenes which we may or may not be aware of. But there comes a point in every war when there's too much collateral. A key failure, as Lucas stated, of the drug war is that there was a lack of kingpins and narco-involved government officials being taken down. Now, on the bright side, the narcotics industry did take a significant hit. Thousands of dealers, sicarios, and addicts were apprehended. 34.75 billion Philippine pesos worth of drugs were seized, and hundreds of rehabilitation centers were established. But nevertheless, it's difficult to call it a a victory. How can we stand to gain when we have uh, lost so much? Uh, There are still drug syndicates in our country. There are still Chinese triads. The Sinaloa cartel and allegedly the Colombian cartels continue their operations. And our country is still a transit hub and a narco state. 
the drug problem in our nation is so deep rooted that it can't be solved by one administration. It needs consistent attention. And as much as I'd like to wrap my statement up with a, a nice wrap up, it's far from over. All good, Koichi. We're not yet done. <laughs> we also want to give the opportunity for others to, to share their own. Uh, as much as we would love to go deeper into this topic, we want to make sure everyone has a chance to talk about their own sort of personal advocacies or personal um, passions when it comes to fighting for social change for various social problems. So what is it for others? I wanted to share my advocacy on human rights. I think everyone should have access to quality facilities and a safe environment regardless of their wealth identity, sexuality, and race. And that perfectly connects with what we were talking about earlier, that when it comes to you know, better solutions from better governments, we, we need to sort of ensure uh, and monitor and hold accountable local, local and national government uh, to provide solutions that ensure that humans, uh, citizens, citizens keep their basic human rights. Um, and I believe that is a source of what was lacking. Um, or if, if we were to comment on the sort of arguably failed uh, war on drugs in the Philippines. So thank you, Angeline, for adding that in. Uh, a social issue that doesn't seem to be talked about enough would be the wealth disparity, uh, economic inequality, so to speak. How the system works is clearly outdated, and we are seeing the ineffectiveness of the average. Uh, nine to five job. And when bringing up a topic such as this, one has to realize that once again, it's extremely complicated. Uh, a problem like this has ties to unemployment, overpopulation, geopolitics, corruption, and in some cases, a lack of quality education. It is a seriously flawed system. And the worst part about this is that currently, at least, there is no viable solution in sight. Some of our countrymen have to wake up extremely early on a high labor job with an extremely low salary. At some point, we have to ask ourselves, why is this the case? Why has no one thought of a solution yet? And another bad thing is that this was further highlighted by the advent of modern day technology and the COVID-19 pandemic. There will be repercussions for trying to change a system as big as this. However, I am confident that we can make the situation better, but we all need to collectively agree that we can make the situation better. Rome was not built in a day. Um, so um, the government has a big role in this issue and it is really important to um, have equality. And what I noticed is that um, the people who are richer have more opportunities than um, who um, than people who belongs in the low class. And maybe um, one of the reasons is the lack of education. So education is really important because um, with education, it will provide more opportunities with people. It will take time um, and it will take more creative solutions that address uh, the systemic problems. That's something we can look for in good leaders. Speaking of, out of curiosity, um, I know most, I, I know everyone here is a high school student, but who here is eligible to vote in the upcoming national elections in the Philippines? Um, I'm actually um, a first-time voter for this election. 
similar to Jenjen, I am also a first-time voter. <laughs> awesome. And uh, how exciting, right? So we have Jenjen and Koichi out of our group of five students who are voting for the first time. And so maybe we'll start off with our first-time voters. So Koichi or Jenjen, what, uh, maybe you can describe what your plan is or who, um, what characteristics or what platforms you're looking for in a good leader in this year's elections. And then maybe we'll also ask our younger students, so Lucas, Bea, Angeline, what, do you, what are your recommendations for our first-time voters in, uh, at our table? So who wants to go first, Jenjen or Koichi? As I've mentioned before in our previous conversations, the years of neglect and the constant number of scandals, corruption, and failures have strained the relationship between the people and the government. And those in the government who do try to create change are stopped, silenced, and stuck in bureaucracy. Uh, we need a government that is open, a government that is willing to hear us out and work together with the people in order to find solutions to problems. So for me, um, a good leader is someone who is honest because um, how can we trust a good, um, how can we trust them to lead us if um, they are not true to their, true to their words or actions? Thanks, Shenzhen. And again, um, this is our sort of segue into our, um, our the last uh, sort of uh, conversation that we'll be having in this episode. So let's hear from our other youth around the table. So Angeline, Lucas, Herbea, any, you know, any wishes that you want to share with our first-time voters here? I'm pretty sure they're all responsible and do their research just like my sister. Um, please just vote for who, you know, is Right. In addition to to what Angeline had had said and to what Chenjin and Kuichi had said, I also agree with them and that I believe that they are both Chenjin and Kuichi are both responsible and had done some research and I believe that they should vote for the ones that are qualified and has enough credentials for the position and will help our country have an improvement or have a big change? I have no grand speech nor any um, lasting advice. However, my small comment is just this. Please vote twice. Uh, what nice words, right? Jenjen and Koichi, they, the, the others around the table look very highly on you. So we wish you all the best on your first time as, as voters in the Philippines. And that perfectly at segues us or transitions us into our um, sort of last discussion for this episode and that is this there are people many adults many older generations who believe that young people like you um, especially you know those who do who are not yet old enough to vote so these people believe that young people shouldn't have a say uh, or a voice in the decisions of the government or in politics in general. So what is your response to this very um, demeaning, <laughs> this very demeaning belief? Well, I would say that 
it's absurd. It's ridiculous even. Uh, well, however, a claim like that is not without its reasons. I mean, youth is a pretty broad term. I personally would not take political advice from a four-year-old. But uh, in one of my classes with Sir BJ, we've discussed how age affects how you're perceived by society. Oftentimes, when you're young, you are condescended upon. There's a certain social stigma that perceives younger people as less informed and less knowledgeable than they actually are. And this is unfortunately very rampant in our nation, and it causes a lot of negative effects. Now, there are two sides of the coin. With the advent of modern technology, the youth is exposed to sensitive topics such as politics at a very early age. And exposure at that age is like walking on a very thin line between gaining knowledge and falling into certain ideologies. After all, this is the internet we're talking about. The thing is, if you have enough people saying you're doing and saying the right things, you'll start to believe you're on the right side. And oftentimes, when you think you're on the right side, you'll slowly begin to convince yourself that you're one of the good guys. It's not always the case, but uh, it happens far too often, as proven by history. Nowadays, you could have the worst possible take, put it on Twitter, and I will guarantee there will be at least one person that will agree with that take. And that one person is all it takes to drag it on longer than it should. It's perfectly fine to have an opinion, but we have to be mindful to not overstep. Respect is crucial. Now, bottom line, I am a firm believer in letting kids be kids. They should enjoy it. It doesn't last forever. That's not to say it's completely negative to have them involved in serious topics like this. But we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss them either. We should still acknowledge that they have a voice. We should hear them out. With youth comes a different perspective, and I feel that instead of brushing them off so easily, we should instead guide them and provide them with the adequate tools so that they may be able to provide an insight or have an opinion untainted by misinformation and prejudice. Um, so politics is chaotic, but I think that it is really important to engage in issues related to um, politics because it promotes awareness. But um, it is really it is also important to be cautious because um, it could be um, it can be dangerous um, for people who say that the youth doesn't have a say in politics or the decisions made by the government. Um, I disagree with them. That is because um, the decisions made by the government affects the country as a whole, meaning it also affects the youth. So um, therefore, they have a say in politics. Also, um, everyone has the right to express their opinions and just allowing the youth to express what they want without being ignored could already be a big thing for them. I would like to share something that had happened to not only me, but also to other people that are in my age range. Um, so we are told that we are not allowed to say our political views since we are still not allowed to vote or somehow like that, related to that. Um, I strongly believe that, I mean, I strongly oppose the idea of how some people might think of how um, unimportant our political views are to them and on how we shouldn't have a say. However, I believe that this shouldn't be a reason to stop fighting for our rights as someone, as a person who wants to make a change in certain issues. 
we are facing on a daily basis since the decisions of the government also will affect us, most of the people. And, and I believe that our opinions also matter and contribute to a better change as long as we are mindful and cautious of what we say and do a little, a little research of what we say. I also have a similar experience to Brea. Um, I think Lucas remembers this. Uh, me and my, uh, me and my friends were chatting, and my other friend goes like, "Oh, the current events going in politics is not our problem because we don't we don't have a say on it yet." And which my other friend responded to, they were really mad because even as youth, we can still influence others' uh, perspective. And yeah, we can still make a difference. And as a new generation, we are mostly all open-minded. And compared to the older generations, they should listen to us because, as they said, every voice matters, especially the youth. Within my friend groups, um, when it comes to Philippine politics, I realize that there's there's been mainly two sides that have emerged that have emerged. Mainly the ones that are more vocal and more serious about politics, and to the ones that really don't care or have no particular say in it because they're just minors. Um, there's one particular friend that is very vocal about what they think about the presidential presidential elections, their what people's um um let's say views are very they're very willing to criticize and to talk about problems and they're just very active in acknowledging um for the second part part where it's where there's no there's no i guess collective apathy you could say about politics um i remember having once a survey i had to conduct a survey with people and requested my own friends to answer it um one of the responses i gave was when was with this question called if you could spare some thought do you have any hopes for the next election? This is way before, like a few months ago, maybe last year. Um, I remember I see this real response, and this is in Tagalog, so I'll have to translate translate later. So it's it's quote, uh, this hold on. The question I have to repeat again. Uh, the question in question is: If you can spare some thought, do you have any hopes for the next election? Which is an optional question. For one particular answer that I'm really interested in was this quote. No, kasi minor ako, wala pa, wala pa akong pakialam dyan. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Which means, if you translate it as, as, no, it's because I'm a minor, I don't really care yet. Um, I think that it really is important to be aware of what is happening around you. Because, and and to also, as for example, um, see news related to the government because um, in the future, you would be able to use that when um, it, you are old enough to vote. I like what Angeline said. Uh, I think it was Angeline. I might have to watch this again, <laughs> listen to it again. Uh, she said, vote for who you believe in, but keep in mind the facts. And yeah, that's great advice. Thanks, everyone. And I honestly couldn't have you know, imagined better responses from everyone at the table. Yes, the youth, the youth deserve to have a voice. The youth deserve um, to have some sort of role or platform to communicate what they want 
to people in power. And this is very important because why? We heard that uh, the youth are much more open-minded. The youth are deeply connected to technology and, and information that is very easily accessible thanks to technology, as Koichi mentioned. Uh, and that is exactly what makes them so well-versed in information and so many current issues that are happening. Most important, taking it back to what we first heard from Bea and Jen Jen, when it comes to social issues like climate change, all of the decisions that are being made by the government deeply affect not the present, but the future. And who does the future belong to? None other than the people around the table and the youth around the world. So with that, we will now proceed to our final portion of this podcast, where we will ask everyone around the table to imagine that they are in that seat of power. They are in the position to make really massive, widespread decisions that can impact many people, that can, that it, that can impact society as a whole, or that can change a whole system uh, that might not be working for people or planet. So the question for everyone around the table, if you were given a seat of power or a seat at the table, what would be one decision that you would make at the snap of a finger that would help address a social issue or an advocacy that you feel strongly about? I want everyone to have the freedom to speak up without being attacked, ignored, or made fun of. If I had to make one really big change, maybe it would be something along the lines of making our industries follow more eco-friendly paths, making them churn out more eco-friendly products, such as, well, not really any particular example except this, which is bioplastics made from natural materials such as algae. Yeah, I would really like that. I think that'll be much more better for the environment to clean out our our waterways or something like that. Um, so hearing the different social issues that all of you have shared, I believe that through education, you would be able to solve these problems in some way. Because through this, people become more aware and therefore it promotes positive change. Um, so if I were in a seat of power, I would want education to be accessible to anyone. If I were in a seat of power, I would definitely make adjustments to the education system. I digress. It's a story for another time. Um, in connection to my advocacy and Gen Gen's, if I were in a seat of power, I would, the major change I would do would be still continue mass tree plantings as we are still in need of trees. And thanks, everyone. And for our final, final question for this episode, these will be the last words that we hear from everyone around the table. So um, to our listeners, we hope you're, you're listening well. And for our final question, we are now going to direct this to everyone around the world, no matter your age or where you are. We are going to ask our five young change makers around the table, what is one simple or small action uh, that you would like to invite everyone in the world or everyone listening to do? today uh, or every day when it comes to just interacting with daily life and you come across something you don't know that much here's my advice 
just read about it. Read or research about it as much as you can because knowing is half the battle and applying what you know is the second part. So basically, just know and you're set to go. Um, a small action I would recommend to the listeners would be is to turn off the positive, not in use, and conserve water. To the stubborn people, please face the facts <laughs> respectfully. Uh, just do good, be great, because your actions not only determine your future, it also determines the future of others. Um, so for those who are listening to this podcast, um, through this, you are becoming more aware of the different issues that we encounter. So what I want you to do is to actually do something with these issues. Look around you and ask yourself, how can I make a difference? Always remember that simple action can make a big impact. Well said, Jen Jen, and well said everyone else around the table. That's exactly the message that we are trying to communicate through this discussion today. And that is exactly the motivation that we want to give to all of our listeners through this podcast series. Uh, We are feeling bittersweet about uh, the end of this season of A Seat at the Table, Uh, but we would love to thank Bea, Lucas, Jenjen, Koichi, and Angeline for sharing such wonderful and deep uh, insights in today's discussion and for making our final episode of this season. Very, very exciting, especially as the Philippines is dealing with something as exciting as the national elections. We would like to also thank the International School for Better Beginnings, or ISBB, um, for providing such excellent empowerment programs and mentorship to these young change makers around the table. If you would like to hear more about what they're doing, because honestly, we've barely scratched the surface through these podcasts, uh, episodes. If you want to hear more about what they're doing and what actions that they are uh, doing, please follow the page Youth for Better on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash youth for better. One last time, we would like to give a big, big thank you to those around the table. We are extremely inspired by your words, and we are extremely motivated that at such a young age, you have so much to offer, not just knowledge and awareness, but recommendations to take actions for a better future for all. That said, we invite everyone listening to please use what you know, to empathize with others a little more, and to take action to create positive change around you. We will see you on the next season of A Seat at the Table. And as we like to say at the end of every podcast, please remember to live kindly to yourself and to live kindly to the world. Congratulations, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, take a quick second to give this podcast five stars. We truly appreciate your joining us today. Make sure to click follow to join our next conversations on our upcoming episodes. We'll make sure to save you a seat. See you then.